You're listening to Stand Out Get Noticed, episode 266. Hi there, Rockstar, and welcome to Stand Out Get Noticed. I'm your host, Christina Cantors. I help professionals and business leaders build powerful communication skills. You can learn more about our training programs at thecmethod.com. I really hope you're having a fabulous day wherever you are in the world. If you're a brand new listener, a big, big welcome to you. With this podcast, I have over 260 well, 266 episodes now, and the most recent 20 episodes and a selection of older episodes are available to you publicly. The majority of the podcasts are available to members of the C-Method Academy, our monthly members training and accountability program. So if you want to get access to the entire back catalog of the Standout Get Noticed podcast, go to thecmethod.com slash join. Now, I'm really excited for this episode. I am re-sharing a conversation that I had with the fabulous Andy Reid, who you may remember from episode 247, which was called Public Speaking Secrets from an Auctioneer. And if you listen to that episode, you'll know that Andy is a super awesome human. So I was really excited when he asked me if he could feature me on his podcast, The Silver Lining Podcast. Now, this was recorded as a LinkedIn Live and it went, the original recording went for about 40 minutes, 45 minutes. I've edited it down because this podcast I usually keep to around the 30 minute mark. If you want to hear the whole thing, then I'll link up in the show notes where you can access the replay of that LinkedIn Live. So it will be a video version. In this conversation, Andy really picked my brain about my 2020. So that's what the Silver Lining podcast is all about. It's about having a a great outlook to life and not necessarily writing off 2020 and saying, oh, 2020 is hopeless. It's a disaster. No, it's about going, okay, well, how can I shift the way I think about it and how can I make the most of it? So in this conversation, we talk about how I really struggled with the start of 2020 and how I've gone with this whole change in situation. We talk about different mindset shifts that we can make as leaders, including how to build trust as a leader and um, some of the core human needs that we have. So I had a really good time on this conversation and he's he's such fun to speak with and I really do hope that you enjoy it. If you get something out of this conversation, then please do reach out to Andy and let him know he's on LinkedIn and I'll uh, link up in the show notes where you can connect with him. All right, let's get to this conversation that I had with Andy Reid. Good afternoon, Silver Lining Gang. A very, very happy Friday to you all. I hope you're having a fabulous lunch so far. I tell you what, your world's about to get a little bit better with the introduction of this wonderful, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful guest. Um, Christina Cantors is the founder, creator, curator, director of the C Method, and also is an absolute guru in the world of podcasting. Uh, both her and her partner, Aaron, run at Podcast Services Australia uh, and take care of lots and lots of different podcasts for lots of different people. Um, aside from anything else, the thing that I really like about this character is the way that her brain works. It is something that I've uh, had a hell of a lot of respect for, for for quite some time now. Christina, how the heck are you? <laughs> 
I'm doing even better now after hearing your introduction, Andy. Can I pay you to follow me around and introduce me to people? <laughs> You'll have to get in line. I've actually had a couple of those offers, to be honest. But uh, but look, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on, Christina. And, and, and in all seriousness, uh, one one huge thing that I've, I've um, in, had a real instant respect from the first moment that we met was was your your sheer ability to or, or desire to keep exploring your own mind and the way it works and to question things and to, you know, keep challenging the status quo within here. I think that is absolutely wonderful. But I mean, we're not talking about activist style stuff, uh, gang. So uh, I doubt she was uh, one of the ones that was kicking off about uh, all the bits and bobs at City Hall and whatnot. But um, within her mind, she very much is, she's always evolving, which is, which is really, really quite special. Um, now, Christina, before we kick off, it's always a human first thing. So uh, give us the highlight reel as to who you are and where you're from and, and, and what you're about. Let the Silver Lining gang know all about you. Beautiful. Thank you, Andy. I'm from Melbourne, proud Melbourneite, although I have lived in various places around the world. Uh, I love what you said there. You're absolutely right. I do love, I push myself out of my own comfort zone and I encourage others to do the same. I I used to be an architect. That's my corporate technical background. And I was following my the path that was set out for me or so I thought was the right path for me until I realized that it wasn't the right path for me and that I got to choose what I did with my life. And I left that career behind and I started my business, The C Method, I discovered that I love helping people to communicate better and even more so than communicating better, but fulfilling their own potential. And I, I discovered, you know, having learned a lot about myself, I discovered that I love teaching people. I love speaking to groups and I found what it was that I was really passionate and good at and, and, and pursued that. And that's played a, a huge part in my growth as a human just learning how to do do what's right for me. No, honestly, uh, you have definitely found what you are good at. Uh, of that, there is no doubt whatsoever. Your podcast stand out and get noticed. It's a brilliant listen. Um, absolutely fantastic. You know, you, sometimes you got some uh, interviews going on. I really like the bottle uh, that you have uh, in with the podcast that you do by yourself. You know, the monologue style stuff and. It's, it's really, really interesting because, um, you know, you would have thought a lot of those sort of monologue styles would be a little bit monotonous, a bit tedious and a bit, uh, a bit how's your father, a bit egotistical sometimes. But um, the way that you go about them, it's just really, really thought provoking. And it just so it just is just so attuned to what it is that you re are really, really good at. Now, um, thank you. Christina, you uh, and I'm hope I'm sure you're happy for me to you know put this out there. You you are also uh, on the way to having uh, child number one. Um, so yes, congratulations. So <laughs> uh, when, when are we due? Uh, late October. It's a Halloween baby. Oh jeepers, jeepers! Right. Okay. So um, Halloween baby, and and it's your first one. You you move. You bought your first house last year, and then obviously loads of stuff has gone on in life and, and within your own life as well. And the, you know yes. there was a, an exercise that I was fascinated by that you did. Um, I could never do at the back end of last year as well. Um, that I'd love to just dig in just to just ever so slightly. Um, 
how has 2020 treated you thus far? Because obviously you've got the macro stuff going on, but then you've got your own life changing stuff going on. So how's the, how's it all been for you? The start of 2020 was quite rough, to Mm. be honest. I think what you were referring to in terms of what I did last year was I went on a 10 day silent meditation course. Is that what you were referring? Oh no. Okay. Well, that was another thing. Literally my worst nightmare. Literally my worst nightmare. So I like to challenge myself and push myself out of my comfort zone. And one of the things that scared me a lot was going on this 10 day silent meditation course. And I did that in December and it really impacted me more than I gave it credit for at the time. Mm. And for me, December, well, not December, but more January is a really, I, I tend to struggle business-wise because things naturally tend to slow down in January, which happens for many people. And I know this and I know that it's normal and I know that it happens every year, yet I still go through these mental challenges where I'm telling myself, you know, what's wrong with you? Why is nothing happening? You know, you're not making as much revenue this month as you did you know, in previous months and yet it's supposed to be, it's summertime. You're supposed to be on holidays and enjoying yourself and relaxing because it's the start of the year. And so, and also coming off the back of uh, Vipassana, the 10 day uh, course, I was just struggling to move back into, to just get back into my regular life. But then in January, it's not really regular life anyway. Mm. And then we moved house Australia Day weekend, late January. So my life was complete chaos. So I was mentally in a bit of chaos. My business was a bit stagnant because that's just what happens. Then we moved house. So I was physically in a place of uh, chaos as well. And I I got quite down about it all. Mm. And then I got pregnant in late Jan at the same time. And for all, but I didn't know for like five weeks. So for all of February, I was still feeling, I was getting very emotional. Mm. I remember there was at one point I went and got a pedicure and I was there getting my nails done and they were playing on, you know, they play like crappy TV on the, uh, you know, when you go get a pedicure and yeah, you know, my bi-weekly jaunt to the yeah, old nail yeah. salon. The nail salon. When you're at the nail salon, you'd know this. <laughs> they play, you know, cheesy TV on the screen there, and they were playing the best of like the Voice auditions or America's Got Talent auditions, and I love those talent shows. And I'm sitting there getting my nails done, and I'm watching the the golden buzzer get hit, and everyone's like crying, and the stream is coming down, and I start crying. Oh, bless. In the nail salon. Oh, bless. Because I'm just so emotional and I don't know why. And I'm sitting there going, they're just so talented. (laughs) Just calm down. And I was like, I don't know why I'm crying. Why am I so emotional? And I think it was just everything that was happening at the time. I felt so out of control. And unbeknownst to me, I was pregnant, so my hormones were going crazy. So it made a lot of sense to me. It made a lot of sense to me afterwards. But it was really fascinating, Andy, because when COVID hit, I felt less concerned and worried and down than when I'd felt earlier in the year. And it was really interesting because at the start of the year, I felt like I was the only person going through these challenges. I felt quite alone because you know when you talk to people at the start of, when you're catching up with people at the start of the year how's it going oh business is going great everyone likes to put on this 
this brave face and like, oh, things are going great. Just happened. This happened. We've got all these plans for the year. And here's me thinking, I'm feeling really horrible right now. Mm. I feel like nothing's happening for me. I feel like my life's in chaos. Mm. And when COVID hit, you know what my thought was? I thought, well, you know what? If we're all going to go broke, we're all going to go broke together. And that's way more comforting for me. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely spot on. I, I literally had the exact same thought pattern. I'm like, well, we're all screwed. So let's let's just all do it in one in unison, right? Like if we're all on the same playing field, it doesn't really matter. Honestly, and you're right. The, the whole so comforting, January, to be honest. <laughs> the whole thing of in January, such a good point. In January, the, the the volume of people that put a brave face on the on that turn of the year um, is quite incredible. It's almost like it's yeah, because of the whole you know New Year's resolution sort of thought process of you know New Year, new me, get to the gym, da 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 da, all that sort of stuff. But the reality is that there's probably way more anxiety in January kicking around than than anybody even dares mm. to admit. I mean, you always say, like, we've got these grand plans. Well, those plans were fabulous for you this year, weren't they, anyway? So it doesn't really matter about them anyway. They all went out the window. But aside from that, any normal year, um, you know, People make these grand plans and the amount of anxiety that they put on themselves in that first month is, is quite incredible uh, and can very quickly turn into a very negative sort of emotion. And look, and then everything else that you dealt with, of course. I mean, with the Vipassana, all right, mm. so this 10-day this silent meditation, with regards to how, how much it really sort of dug into you and affected you, I mean, you said that you didn't really realise it at first, but, you know, looking back now from a hindsight point of view, what do you think it was that really sort of altered in your consciousness with regards to what went on? Because just for your knowledge, gang, like this whole Vipassana thing, look into it. It is mental. It is absolutely nuts. It's 10 days and you literally don't say boo to a goose you don't it's it's like i just get sweats thinking i just get you know andy you know the not talking is actually the easy bit right so yes you're you're to be silent for 10 days the hard bit is sitting on your butt and meditating for 10 hours a day no so you yeah i know right you you're up at 4 a.m you're meditating from 4 30 to 6 30 a.m then you get breakfast And then you're meditating for another two hours and then you have a break and then another two hours and a break and then a three hours and then a break. And you're meditating, break, meditate, break until 9.30 at night. And you're doing that for 10 days straight. So that is the hardest part. And for me, one of the things that became clear to me that someone else actually pointed out, they said, Christina, you're naturally very extroverted. I mean, which I knew already, of course. Mm -hmm. But as an extrovert, I get my energy from being around others. That's why I love working in groups. I love speaking to large audiences. I love emceeing conferences. I love that energy that a a large group of people um, creates. And when you're on Vipassana, you're essentially in solitary confinement for 10 days because not only are you not allowed to talk to anyone, you're not allowed to acknowledge or communicate with anyone. So this includes no eye contact no leaving a door open for someone, no writing a note. It's so interesting because we realise 
you don't realize that we do communicate with people all the time. Yeah. As simple as, you know, you're in your car and there's a pedestrian and you'd go like this to go, you go first. You're communicating with them. You haven't said anything, but you're communicating with them. Mm. So gestures and and polite polite gestures like passing someone a fork or holding a door open, all of these things are communication that we weren't allowed to do. So you're essentially by yourself, even though you're physically near others, you are you are very much um, by yourself. And as someone who naturally gets energy by being around other people, that that sheer isolation were impacted me uh, quite a lot more so than I, I gave it credit for at the time. With extroverts, you know, a lot of some of the time uh, people can say that extroverts, uh, the reason why they are extroverted is, you know, because they haven't really given themselves a chance to, to either face what's inside or to, you know, to really have a deep, dark look at your wiring. Um, did you find any skeletons in the old closet there? That's a really good question. Look, I think extroverts can absolutely can absolutely learn to spend time with themselves, and that's something that I've definitely learned how to do as well. You know, learning to enjoy your own company, I think, is really important for everyone to learn how to do well. To like the person you are and to enjoy, to not need validation from other people. So there is a there is a bit of a difference there. I wouldn't say there was skeletons. It, Vipassana brings up a lot of different things for a lot of different people. It's a completely different experience. For some people, it can bring up past traumas that they haven't dealt with. For me, it helped me to realise that I was creating my own misery in other areas of my life. Interesting. That was one of the key things that I learned. Because what I found, do you, I mean, do you want to hear what 100%. happened? 100%, 100%. So what I found when I was in the middle of this two-hour meditation, all I could think about was not being in the meditation. I was like, I can't wait until break. I can't wait until break. I just want to get out of this. This is horrible. I just want to get to break. Then on break, I'd be like, oh, I'm so bored. What am I going to do? There's, um, it's only been 10 minutes. I've still got another 50 minutes. What am I going to do for this, for this time? And all I wanted was what I didn't have. I found myself longing to not be where I was presently at. Right. And I realised it took me seven days. On the seventh day, Andy, I realised, oh, my God, I am making myself miserable by simply not being present and craving to be somewhere I'm not. And I realised that I did this in other areas of my life. Like simple example, right? It's a super hot day. All you want is for it to be cooler. Oh, I wish it was cooler. Can't stand this heat. I want it to be cooler. Then when it's cold, oh, it's so freezing. I wish it was warm. And what happens is when you're in this state is you, like in winter you want it to be summer. In summer you want it to be winter. You're in this perpetual state of wanting Mm. what you don't have. And when you crave, and this is what they teach us in Vipassana, when you crave and attach yourself to something that you don't have, then that creates deep misery within you. 100% it would. And, and if, you th- if you relate it to what's going on right now, um, with all sorts of businesses and human and people and various situations, I mean, you know, 
the amount of people that have um, really struggled with, oh, I just want to go, I just want to go to a restaurant or I just want to go to a cafe or whatever. And the amount of time, time that, that could have been so much more enriching has been spent just desiring the stuff that we've taken for granted, like going out mm. to a restaurant, like getting a coffee or whatever the case may be, going to the sport or, or what have you. Um, I think you, you nail on the head with respect to the fact that it's very, very easy to trip down that lane, down that laneway of um, focusing on what it is that you don't have as opposed to what it is that you do have. A theme that's been coming across the channels in this second series about the greatest comeback uh, of, of the silver lining, a lot of it has been around trust uh, with staff. Trust has been a word that's been bandied around a little bit recently. And, and it's been something that a number of leaders have really kind of struggled with. Um, you know, they, you know they, they've really wanted, been desperate to try and get them back in the office so they can make sure they know what they're doing and they can see what they're doing and, and all that sort of jazz. I think empathy leads to trust. If you, if you take the effort to try and empathize, I think it's really hard to just straight out trust someone that you've not needed mm -hmm. to trust to that extent, right? Um, how, I mean, from your point of view, when we talk about this whole topic of trust, um, with respect to earning trust via how you are communicating and whatnot, if you're looking to be uh, a trusted uh, voice or a trusted authority in a certain way, what are those key things that allow leaders or team members even um, to sort of convey that level of trust within their communication? That's a really good question. So that's something that I've been thinking a lot about as well. I mean, all of our team are remote, so we can't physically be there and watch over their shoulder. And that's not the sort of leader I want to be either. Mm. So I need to make sure that my team trusts in me and that I can equally trust in them. And that's been that's been something that we've we've really focused on when when growing our teams. One thing that can help to build trust is doing what you say you're going to do and being consistent with that. Mm. And this ties into everything. So, for example, I run a my podcast I've been doing every week since 2015 and I tell my listeners I'm going to be here for you with a new episode every week on a Wednesday with new content for you. When I do that, I'm establishing that trust with my audience and they know, oh, yes, Christina, I could trust her that she will put out a podcast every week. When Aaron and I are working with clients to help them set up a podcast, they always say to us, people always say, you know, how often should I release a podcast? And we say to them, look, you need to pick a frequency that works for you and stick to it because mm -hmm. that listener trust, it takes time to build because let's face it, if you're looking to build up your visibility as a thought leader or someone with knowledge, you know, let's say expert in that mm. field, you need to have the trust of your audience. Yeah. And one way to do that is to do what you say you're going to do. Because if I want people to come to me for coaching and to pay me money to coach them, they're going to need to trust me in my ability that I can do that. Now, if their first point of contact with me is listening to my podcast, I need to show them the type of person that I am in that very instant. 
So if I shop for one podcast and then I don't shop the next week because I couldn't be bothered or maybe I do it late a couple of days later the next week, the message that I'm communicating with that inconsistency is, oh, well, if I can't trust Christina to put out a podcast every week when she says she is, how could I possibly trust her to coach me and support me with my challenges? 100%. 100%. That for me is is dynamite right there. If we talk about the podcast side of things for a little bit, how many people just with content generally say like they, they try it a couple of weeks and they're like, oh, oh, I ain't working. I'm not a superstar. Uh, and and they don't understand that there needs to be a level of trust earned right and it's not built it's earned Uh, and and the same can be absolutely said with teams I think providing a degree of predictability around your actions allows people's anxiety to naturally decline when they see at three o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon, they see your name pop up on their phone if they are working autonomously or remotely or whatever the case may be. Have you heard of the six core human needs? No. Tony Robbins tends to talk about it. So he says there are six core human needs and the first need, one of of them, is certainty. So as human beings, we have to have a level of certainty in our life and certainty is it's comfort, it's security. And this is why the world's gone crazy because there is so much uncertainty at the moment. And in my podcast, my latest episode, I talk about how it's important to build your tolerance for uncertainty. Mm. But but having certainty is one of our core human needs. So, you know, everyone listening, I want you to think about maybe you go to the same place for coffee every day. Maybe you drive the same way well, when you were driving to work. You would drive the same way every day. You would eat the same thing for breakfast. You wear the same type of clothes or you order the same thing at a restaurant every time you go. All of these things we do because we love that certainty of knowing exactly what's going to happen. And it's the same thing as a leader, like you were saying, Andy, to provide that level of certainty for your team where you're consistent in your communication, you're consistent in how you show up for them, you're consistent in how you support them. Because when you provide that comfort, that certainty for them, they then feel safe. They feel safe and supported. And when some people feel safe and supported, they can then do their work better. If they're constantly in a state of feeling uncertain, unsafe, unsupported, they're going to feel anxious and there's no bloody way they're going to be able to do their work effectively. Simon Sinek is one of my favorite speakers and he talks a lot about this around helping around how good leaders make people feel safe and that's that's one of the key goals that you should have as a leader these are these are core human traits right these this is not just fluff and you know uh, stuff that people have just made up to make some dollars off people right these these are core human traits that um let's face it in the grand scheme of things aren't really talked about half as much as what they should be because everybody's too busy trying to you know trying to talk about the fancy stuff of the day so you know 10 years ago whenever it was it was values and then you know Simon Sinek Simon Sinek bless his little cotton socks came up with the whole you know the the three golden circles why yeah (laughs) Uh, exactly and now everyone's banging on about their why with and half of them don't even realise what they're really talking about. Um, and 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 realistically, if we just break it down to real core human 
mechanics in how people react to certain things, the way that they are done or not done, you will find a hell of a lot of answers just within that. If you, all you did was just tune into yourself and how you react to certain things when they happen, the answers can be way more simple, way more simplified than, than, than what people give credit for, right? Definitely. Christina, I love talking to you. You are fab. You're always fab. Christina, before I let you go, um, is there any, any sort of final sort of things that you would love to put out there to the world with respect to how they can really create some momentum for themselves heading into 2020? Ooh, momentum for yourself. Look, take the time to focus on you. Really take the time to nurture yourself and be kind to yourself. And as I learned to do, just let go. It's, it's not always easy, but working towards letting go of the attachment to things that you don't yet have, the things that you can't have at the moment, and instead practice gratitude for all of those things that you do have or the things that you have had in the past. So a good, a good gratitude practice always uh, is always helpful. Love it. Absolutely love it. Christina, thank you so much. You're an absolute delight. And, uh, and and I would hope sincerely that this isn't the last time that we see you on this little show of ours called The Silver Lining. Thank you so much. That was the conversation I had with Andy Reid on his podcast, The Silver Lining. If you want to hear the full unedited version of that, it goes for about 45 minutes, then visit the show notes at thecmethod.com slash 266 to a link to um, the full episode there. All the links, of course, that I've mentioned are in the description of this podcast in your app. Now, if you did enjoy this episode, please share it with a friend. I think it's in some of the messages we talk about are you know, really important to be shared around with people who may be going through similar challenges. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with me today, Rockstar. Keep on being awesome. And I'll talk to you next week. I'm Christina Cantors, and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. Hold up. 